The art of customer service is getting lost. The need for customer service is greater than ever. I don't know if people don't care if it's falling by the wayside, but it's it's no longer the focus of most places. And I think the, the customer service kind of mixed with the knowledge and just being there for the customer. Um, I think all together are things you can't get anywhere else to the fullest extent you can at Midwest Evening Appliance. Midwest TV and Appliance, you get more for your money. Fest Baby, do not use a lot of charcoal. Rip Fest Baby, use as much wood as you can. Rip Fest Baby, I'm not driving 800 miles to find some mesquite. I'm not buying little packets of mesquite just to cook with. All right, I'll talk to you later. Cooley Region cooks every Thursday from 10 to 11, and these days we are Zooming that. So on Cooley Region Cooks, on Facebook Live, on YouTube, on the World Wide Web, on Can and String, on the NASA International Space Station channel. I, I think we're everywhere, Megan. Uh, good yeah. morning. Thanks for talking with us. Hello. Thank you for having me. Megan Bridget, by the way, is Vintage Kitchen, which is interesting to me because you're not vintage. How do you, uh, how did you, you got to be old to be vintage, don't you? You're not well, old. I, I have an old soul. I oh. guess that counts for something. Does it? And yeah. so just because I know a little of this story, since this is not our first Cooley Region Cooks for newbies, Vintage Kitchen is uh, your catering company and you are uh, in business to help people who can't or don't want to feed themselves and their families, or a large group, because you do some in-house family uh, cooking too, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so started it a few years ago, um, had friends just say, hey, Megan, can you cook for me? I don't really want to. And I was like, hmm, maybe I should make this something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I do big events, obviously a little bit more challenging now with um, everything going on in the world, um, but do small events as well. Date nights. I've gotten hired for date nights. That's really? been super fun. Yeah. It's, it's cool because I like to think of myself as the Mary Poppins of cooking. <laughs> so I just bring my little bag of spices and I come make you a delicious dinner. I clean up for you and then I am gone. And do you, you float in on an umbrella? I'd like to think I do, yeah. but I think I'm a little less graceful than that. That's uh, that's hilarious. I could learn something from Julie Andrews, that's for sure. The Mary Poppins of cooking. That's uh, that's mm. awesome. Well, and I love the fact that, because I'd never even thought about date night. I know that, uh, in fact, I, I know a couple of people who are personal chefs. They go to somebody's house and cook a week's worth, put them in the freezer, mark them all, and do that kind of thing. It never, and I know you do that kind of thing, so we'll make sure that anybody that's listening who wants to be connected to you and your recipes will know how to do that in a minute. But I never thought of date night. Someone will call you and say, hey, Friday night, I'm going to propose, or my first big date or whatever, I need you to make me a fabulous dinner. That never, what a neat thing. Well, and what's really fun about that is I, you know, 
what's different about me, I guess, is that I try to collaborate with the people that I do these dinners with. I don't want you to pick something off of a menu. I want to come up with it together, especially if it's something that's super special to you. I want to make sure that that we incorporate those flavors that, you know, remind you of your grandmother or, you know, something from your childhood, because obviously food is one of the big you know, equalizer. Oh, sure. Everybody's life, you know. Everybody's got to eat. You might as well do it well. Yep, absolutely. So it's fun to come up with these recipes or, you know, if they don't know what they want, they just say, here are the things that I really like. Here are the things that are no, you know, I don't Don't like. like, Cucumbers, for instance. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) And I will make sure to to accommodate you. But if I had a date that loved cucumbers and you had some unique way to prepare them i would never personally say don't cook cucumbers because i don't like cucumbers yeah i'm always willing to try somebody else's thing i'm just i i my brain has already gone to a rooftop someplace there's a table there's a plant there's some lighting there's a cloth tablecloth there's a candle and dinner uh, how, and some music, and how romantic, how awesome would that? Have you ever done a rooftop dinner before? Where's the most romantic uh, date night thing you've ever done before? Um, I did one on a really beautiful patio before oh. um, in New Glarus. That was really, it was um, kind of on their own personal pond, but it, I don't know if it was a pond or a lake, kind of one, like in between. Ah, um, cool. But it was beautiful. And um, the other thing that I like to do is I work with a wonderful graphic artist who actually designed my logo and she will come up with the menu for me. So I can print out the menu, place it on the the um, the plate so you know exactly what you're getting. Um, all three courses. Wow, that's that's awesome. Yeah. And you do large groups as well. So everybody from from two people to a family to I'm having 150 yeah. people for a meeting. I need yes, to feed them yep. something. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. Yep. So I do all all the things. Do you have a favorite category? Would you? I know there's a little bit more money in a large group, but it's a lot more work and it's crazy and it's a little less personal. Do you have a particular uh, a category of of uh, of customer that you like to work with? Um, I really like the family. So I like, I've done Christmas dinners and oh. Thanksgiving dinners before. Awesome. Um, and that's cause those are, you know, my favorite holidays and obviously Christmas and Thanksgiving is something that we all sort of, sure. you know, sure, at sure. some point celebrate. And, um, yeah, so I love doing those because I get to connect with the family. I get to, you know, it's it's more than just food. I get to learn about these people. And I have a lot of repeat customers because of those dinners that I've made for them. Well, and it's a little bit more manageable. I assume the family may, especially if it's Christmas, maybe there's grandma and grandpa involved. But you're still talking about a manageable number, six, eight, ten, not a hundred. So yeah. you get done with a big corporate event and say, Phew, I survived feeding 200 people lunch. That's one yep. thing to be proud of. But, man, I just made a memory for a family of 10 or yeah. 8 or whatever it is. That's breathtaking. And they're taking pictures, and they're really living that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get all squishy well, just thinking about it. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing, too, is, is you know, who wants to be stuck in the kitchen cooking for, you know, their family? Or it's stressful because there's mother-in-laws involved or, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. 
stressful, stressful time. So to take that stress away in an already stressful situation or maybe uncomfortable situation, I just, I like taking the burden off of people and so they can enjoy. Have you ever, have you ever created a meal for someone, family or individual, and then had to leave because they wanted to take the credit for the cooking? Yeah. Hey, cook me a meal, <laughs> but then you got to go because I told the person or the family or the whatever that I'm going to do this. So, yes, I have had that and I won't incriminate anyone. Oh, so no. I'm So I'm going to put it back on me. So I've actually done that before. So when I was 16 years old and I just started cooking or baking, um, my beau at the time um, really loved pumpkin pie. And my mom was not a good baker or a good cook. And so I was like, mom, can you help me? And she was like, mm, no. So I ended up going to a festival. I bought a pre-made pumpkin pie, put it in a glass dish and gave it to him. And he thought it was just the best thing in the world. And then I had to figure out how to like make the house smell like. <laughs> That's so funny. You got to put I a pumpkin around the house, put, put a pumpkin in the oven, let it warm up for a while. A pumpkin spice candle. A candle. Yeah, I was just gonna say there's probably a pumpkin spice candle out there someplace. That's hilarious that you even did that back in yep, the day. I, back in the day. All right. I you, won't say how many years ago. But. No, no, that's a couple. That's <laughs> it. Wasn't yesterday. That's fine. Uh, all right. So then one other question, and then I want to dive into some favorite recipes. Do you have a breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Which would you prefer to prepare for somebody else? And main course, side course, dessert. What's your favorites? Um, hmm. I think I would, I prefer dinner just okay. because it's more multifaceted. Sure. Brunch is really fun to put together too, though, because it's kind brunch. of, um, it's brunch and everybody loves brunch. Ah. Um, and I like to cook anything that somebody says that they don't like. Oh, yeah, so it's not necessarily like a main dish or a side dish. <clears throat> I prefer to test people's palates. Uh -huh. When they say, I don't like Brussels sprouts, all right, give me 45 minutes and you will love them. <laughs> well, and you know what? It's interesting because, and I've, I'll tell you the very shortened version of this story, uh, there are a number of vegetables that I'm not super popular on my palate. Uh, however, mm -hmm. a number of years ago visiting uh, my eldest son, who at the time lived in Austin, Texas, uh, and we ate, they cooked for us. They don't have a light on their driveway, so we ate outside. It was, it was nice out, uh, and as it got, the sun went down, it got dark. The only light on the driveway was the light from the fire that we were going to cook mm -hmm. dinner on. So they'd go in the mm -hmm. house. We were having kebabs of some sort. Came out of the house with a bunch of kebabs. All I could see was the handle. Couldn't really tell what's on the stick Put them on, flipped them over. My son said, okay, I think everything's ready. They scraped them off the kebab onto a plate, and I started eating things, having no idea. Oh, this is meat. Okay, this tastes like pork. Tell me about it, blah, blah, blah. This is a vegetable. Wow, what is this? It looks like it's bigger than a silver dollar. What is this? It's a roasted beet. Yeah. Really? Because I don't like beets that much. But I love this. Same deal with Brussels sprouts, although I, I like Brussels sprouts. Never having had them prepared that way before really opened my mind to, hey, just because you don't like cucumbers, you haven't had them prepared 
every single way in the history of cucumbers. So never say no to a new one. And that really opened mm-hmm. my door. That's a ton of fun. That's 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 neat for you to do. I like that. Yeah. All right. So feed me, uh, sort of. I I wish. What do we? What? what did, no. I know that's the tough part. You want to pull out a brunch recipe or a dinner recipe to start? Mm-hmm. Um, I think a dinner recipe. Okay. First. All right. So I've been thinking a lot about food security lately because, you know, in the challenging times that we're in, I feel like that is something that people are struggling with. Sure. So I try to come up with things that stretch the dollar, make sure that you're feeding enough people, um, in the lowest price point possible. Right. Sure. So I think one of the easiest ways to do that, and this application, a la Julia Child, um, you know, she's big on teaching techniques versus recipes. So this technique can be used for pork or beef or chicken, um, obviously different cooking times, um, but any sort of roulade, which just means roll, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, pounding out a chicken really thin, chicken breast really thin, or a, a tenderloin or, you know, a, a pork tenderloin, and then filling it with whatever you want. So my go-tos are smoked sun-dried tomatoes, um, spinach, basil, and a little bit of prosciutto, which is super easy, super simple, fresh. Um, And then you just roll it really tightly, use some twine to make sure that the roll stays in place, roast it at um, 365 for about 40 minutes, let it rest, um, slice into that bad boy, and it takes that chicken breast, A, elevates it, um, but B, it also gives you more bang for your buck, in my opinion. Sure. Uh, how do you decide? I know Julia Child was not much uh, uh, like a number of famous cooks that we both uh, love. Not mm-hmm. much on measurements because how many people are you going to feed? How many pork tenderloins did you just pound out? But yep. garlic, for instance, is real easy to get carried away with. And we both know people who won't cook in the kitchen without a recipe in a book, on the computer, on a piece of paper, they're not going to just go in the kitchen and play. So how Absolutely. do you how do you tell those people how to make a pork tenderloin roulade with the uh, with the ingredients you just mentioned, but no measurements? Well, so funny story. So I was going to email you those recipes, and one of the the parts of the recipe asks for cloves of garlic, and I said I gave you a number. But I also then said you measure that with your soul. You don't. Uh, <laughs> You don't measure garlic by how much you need. You measure it until your soul tells you you don't need it anymore. Right. Um, I So I guess for me, it's all based on taste, right? So what do you like? Do you like a lot of garlic? Then add more garlic. If you don't like it, take it away. That's the thing about cooking versus baking, and I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for even saying this, but cooking is so much more forgiving than oh. than baking is. And Jen, I think we talked about this. Jen Barney's one of my favorite Barney, bakers in yep. the universe, and she will tell you that exact same thing. Baking mm-hmm. is precise science. Cooking is not. So so then you still have to use your soul, but it's yeah. a matter of with all these other soulful ingredients, you have to adjust the moisture, the sugar, the whatever it is that's going to let this turn into a roll or a cake or a whatever because you're baking yep. it. Absolutely. Yeah. So with this roulade, you know, the only thing that I can really say about that is, you know, you can undersalt something, you can't oversalt something. Does that make sense? You want to make sure that your salt is is at a pretty good level. Um, I mean, 
teaspoon is a pretty good measurement for that. But like I said, it's, it's more of how, like you said, how many people are you feeding? How many slices are you going to get out of each roll? The thing that's really important is to make sure you don't overcook something. Have you ever put too many ingredients? And I'm just thinking of a, of a pork tenderloin roulade opens the door for so many different yes. kind of ingredients. Spinach is a great one. Uh, all the seasonings that you'll shake on, feta cheese or, you know, whatever it is. You ever put too many ingredients into a roulade? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm notorious for that. That's, I mean, that's something that I've pretty much known for is is getting too excited about things because there's so <laughs> much that you can do with it. Um, I, tr you know, less is more. It was funny. I was emailing you, like I said, the, the recipes, and one of them is a vodka sauce lasagna that I've gotten really good Ooh. response from. And I'm writing out how many ingredients I'm using, and I was like, oh, this is like twenty-eight. <laughs> yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Um, most of them are spices, but but yeah. Well, yeah, that's okay. I, I know. Uh, you know. Well, and the other thing about the roulade is, is you can literally do anything. Um, here's another tip. I feel like I'm all over the place because I'm not face to face with you. Um, but uh, I do like a spinach and artichoke dip stuffed chicken breast. Okay. Yeah. So okay. Like, yeah, yeah. Memorized. Can you, you know, I, I, I've been known to stuff a chicken breast or two. And spinach dip is, you can make that a million different ways. How are you going to stuff? I got a chicken breast. It's right here. You can't see it, but it's right here. Yes. <laughs> now, now. Give me a stuffing for it. Okay. So you are going to want to use um, one of the little containers of mascarpone cheese. I think it's Mars eight ounces. Okay. Mascarpone is an Italian cheese, and you can find it in, like, the cream cheese part of the aisle. Sure. Um, it's, so it's going to be kind of right there. You want to use a low-moisture anything because the chicken is going to have a lot of moisture, and you don't want everything to sort of run everywhere. Sure, sure. So everything you do, you have to do it with low moisture. I like to use Asiago cheese, you know, a half of a wedge of Asiago cheese or a full container of pre-shredded. The only thing with pre-shredded cheese of any kind is that they usually use like um, potato starch to keep the little cheese sections separate. Does sure, little sense? pieces. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> they use paper. Yeah, yeah. Shred my own. I don't care what kind of cheese. I'm never, ever going to buy a bag of shredded cheese again, ever. Yep, absolutely. So, so um, shred that. And then I really like the roasted, um, grilled, marinated artichoke heart. Um, work smarter, not harder is how <laughs> I say it. You don't have to get the fresh stuff. You don't have to, you know, whatever. It takes forever to cook anyway. So just a little jar of um, grilled, marinated artichoke heart. Salt and pepper to taste. That's another thing with cooking is everything should taste good on its own. You shouldn't wait until the final product because if you do, then it won't taste good. It'll be bland. Yeah, sure. As somebody had a, a cooking show a long time ago called what I don't know, semi homemade or something. Oh, Gather up because if you have to spend two hours preparing the ingredients before you put them together and make dinner, nobody has that kind of time. So if no. you find a jar of roasted smoked artichoke hearts pff, mm -hmm. golden same with the you know tomatoes if you find some yep. roasted tomatoes that are delicious out of a jar then mm -hmm. then cool that's that's still a homemade meal because you put all those ingredients together 
Exactly. As long as those ingredients are quality or of some quality, you know, you're going to have something that's going to taste really good. You know, get the the tomatoes with um, Italian herbs and spices or garlic or whatever you want to do. I mean, sure. yeah, like I said, work smarter, not harder. That's funny because I, I do that kind of thing. If I'm making the a vodka sauce, for instance, I do, mm-hmm. and I only have six tomatoes, so I'm going to have to augment it. And I will go to the store and look at the various cans or jars of tomato. And here's one that's just plain tomatoes. Here's one that's garlic and herb. Here's one that's sun-dried tomato and blah, blah, blah. Whatever Italian seasonings. Suddenly, the can of plain old diced tomatoes has all kinds of additional seasoning in it. Ooh, I'm going to go with that because that's going to make my sauce taste different than any other vodka sauce you've ever made before because I use different seasoned tomatoes. That's fun. I like that. I'm good with that. The only thing that I would caution against with those sorts of things is the sodium level. If you're watching your sodium, make sure that you're, and also cook them long enough, you know, cook the tomatoes out long enough so they don't have that sort of acrid metallic taste to it. Got it. Well, thanks for that tip. Can you stick around? I can. All right. Good deal. We got a little business to take care of. Check with the guys in the newsroom and we will continue Cooley Region Cooking with Megan Bridget, who is Vintage Kitchen. Uh, do you have a website? I don't. I just am on Facebook. Okay. The Vintage Kitchen LLC. Vintage Kitchen on Facebook. Uh, shoot me your phone number too, just so that anybody that's listening who wants to get in touch sooner than later can do that. 608 that's Vintage Kitchen, and I'll tell you what, nothing that I've ever eaten that Megan Bridget made was anything other than delicious. So whether it's date night or Christmas Eve, we're all over that for you. Megan, thank you for talking with us. Hold on just a minute. We will continue. My small business has a new best friend. Cooley Region Cooks. Every Thursday from 10 to 11, I'm Wake Hayes, and our guest this morning is Megan Bridget, is Vintage Kitchen LLC. You'll find her on Facebook, and we'll certainly shoot the phone number again uh, in a bit. But I so appreciate you spending time with us this morning. All right, so I asked you off the air and then said on the air if you would take us on a, on a little trip through your pantry because I am always curious to know if I'm the only one who has a million weird, no, a million unusual ingredients in their pantry. Mm-hmm. So show everybody what you have in your pantry just so that they know they're not the only ones who got this jar of stuffed olives for Christmas two years ago. They have no idea what to do with them. And guess what? They're not the only ones because you do too. Yep. Artichoke hearts, the ones that I was just talking about. Yeah, see? And then you end up with your favorites. You, you, this jar made by this company is better than this other one. Yep. And you end up like that. What else you got? Um, I love um, the pre-made pesto. Um, it's really easy to throw together with um, like, um, I have gnocchi in here, like pre-made gnocchi. Because um, when I'm done cooking for people, I don't necessarily want to cook for myself. <laughs> really? Um, you mean yeah. you don't sneak some of theirs off and eat it in the car on the way home from whatever? No. No, oh, good for you. Um, <laughs> roasted red peppers, awesome for a myriad of different. Right, and a big jar too. That's uh, that's good for you. A big jar. 
and multiples. So this oh. is my <laughs> pickles. Oh wait, wait, what kind of pickles? Right. Oh, my favorite. Oh my gosh. Um the Vlasic Zesty. Zesty. I love yeah. I knew I knew there was a reason you and I got along so well. Zesty oh, picks. Other, I love them. My other favorite snack, pepperoni peppers. Ooh. Just yes. bite them off the stem. Eat them yep, like that. Absolutely. Good for you. I can okay. All right. So, I went to the store yesterday because I was um out of town for a while and I got this is my refrigerator. <laughs> I got <laughs> And this is kind of, oh, sorry. I have to remember that you're like still looking at me. That's okay. <laughs> oh, that's <funny>. <laughs> <laughs> This is what I got yesterday at the store. A giant, oh, man, look at the size of that jar. And that's your snack. Instead of cupcakes <laughs> or cookies, you're eating peppers. It'll be gone in a week. It'll be gone in a week. Wow. Oh, that's that's awesome. Well, good yeah. for you. For figuring out something that you like to just pop in your mouth and eat that isn't a cookie or, a, yep. you know, a chunk of something that's just empty calories. No, I know. It's weird because I, yeah, like I don't, I eat very strangely for somebody who cooks all the time. I have to admit. Um, well, and would you prefer not to cook when you don't have to? Or I'm sure you cook on the weekends, but you mentioned when you get home from a job, you don't want to go into your own kitchen and make another mess. I get that, but... Do you, uh, you know, do you, you enjoy cooking at home when there's just a couple of you? I do. So here's my go, one of my go-to weeknight meals. Okay. So if I've got chicken in the refrigerator, that's just hanging out. I really like, I personally like gluten-free pasta. Oop, wait a minute. Our signal because is. Because I feel like it's better for me. And... Now our phone is glitching a little bit. You like gluten-free? Is that what you said? Oh, professor. Oh, that's my dog, Professor. Ah, Professor. Um, but yeah, so that with the artichoke hearts, uh, pesto, and then I always have tomatoes on hand, like regular tomatoes. But you can use um, like the smoked sun dried ones that I have. It literally takes fifteen minutes to just whip together, and you've got a pretty decent dinner at home. Sure. Well, and why is it that some people are afraid? To put, you know, a, a big old cast iron fry pan on the stove and warm it up and a little butter, a little garlic, and then start using leftovers. You've got one pork chop. You've got half a chicken breast. You've got, uh, you know, whatever you have. Put together those ingredients, vegetables. You get some fresh ones or roasted tomatoes. You get a jar full, some pepperoncinis, even though you've – it's a huge jar, so some are snacks and some are dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Dice them up, and pretty soon you've got a pile of separate ingredients in your fry pan, all warming up. Then add some whatever, some uh, some vodka sauce, or uh, one of my go-to things in my refrigerator is is a it's not a sauce, it's a it's kind of a dip. It's made by Jimmy's, and it's called Smokehouse. Yep, I've heard of that. It is. I use that instead of mayonnaise because I find mayonnaise is good in some recipes, but it's boring to me. There's just nothing going on with mayonnaise. So if the recipe calls for mayonnaise, sometimes half of the amount and the other half is uh, Jimmy's uh, Smokehouse because it's a unique flavor. And everybody mm -hmm. I've ever made a dip for or the if I'm making a ragu or something, they'll taste it and say, wow, this is really good. What is that? I can't tell what that is, that flavor. 
Uh, it's Jimmy's. It, you know, it's unusual. So they really like that. And there you go. Your go-to, dump it in a fry pan. When it's hot, it's ready. Eat. Yeah, absolutely. And it, like I said, it's really approachable and you don't have to feel like you're spending hours in the kitchen. I mean, honestly, that's the recipe that I generally use if I've had a couple glasses of wine. <laughs> well, that's okay too, because you don't want to have to work in it or think about it. And if you're having a glass of wine, you're talking to people or you're paying attention to something else and uh, you can still cook and not have to worry about looking at the recipe. That's why I always wonder about people who are afraid to play in the kitchen without a recipe. Everything in your kitchen, you bought. You brought it home. You put it on the shelf. So it's something that you didn't say, this is disgusting. I'll never eat it, but I'll put it prominently on the second shelf of my cupboard and leave it there for 100 years. Said nobody ever. So everything in there is an ingredient you like. You bought it. Uh, So Mm -hmm. open it up and put some in that fry pan. And the next time you'll think, man, I need some more of those or some less of those, whatever it is. Easy. As long as you're constantly tasting. I mean, if you're making something for yourself, I think you're a lot more chill about it sure. if you're, as opposed to if you're cooking for other people. But as long as you're constantly tasting and making sure that you're, you know, you've got everything that you think is right. I mean, there's nothing to me, unless you burn the house down, there's really nothing that you can do wrong in the kitchen. No, no, I, I would tend to agree. And I have on occasion cooked a thing too long, uh, but then... I, I, I interviewed a woman who wrote a cookbook. I, I wish I could remember the name of the cookbook. I gave it away, unfortunately. But her deal was don't ever tell anybody what you're serving for dinner till you take it out of the oven. Then mm-hmm. look at it. Does it look like the picture? <laughs> then tell them what it is. If it doesn't look like the picture, change the name, adjust it a little bit, put some cheese over the top or some more sauce, whatever, and then serve it, and it'll be delicious because they won't have that preconceived taste bud thing going on they don't know what you're serving well and that's one of my favorite things about julia um julia child is that even on air i mean she had a very wildly successful you know television show the first chef and she made mistakes all the time on air i mean it it aired it wasn't you know the magic of television they didn't cut it out you saw when she made mistakes and i think that is something in our and i think we've already talked about this last time but that's something i feel like people are so afraid to make mistakes because they see the instagram people who are doing everything perfectly and i make it a point to point out my mistakes sure i mean i i make mistakes all the time they taste good but they are still mistakes <laughs> right know? This is not a classic because, you know, I made a mistake. I get it. If it tastes good, it's perfect. It's it's your take on this classic. Did you ever see the Saturday Night Live skit with Julia Child? She, yep, I think, was it Dan Aykroyd? Dan Aykroyd played Julia, yep, yep. yep. And uh, that was a mess. I don't want to gross anybody out, but that was hilarious. Oh, that's right. I have her autograph. I do too. Oh, man, here I was going to schmooze you. Oh, man. Whatever. I have her so autograph. I met her a long, long time ago. So and, that's uh, what, can you see? So that's what my top shelf looks like with all my cookbooks. Do uh, Well, okay, then one more question, and then I want another recipe from you, uh, please. Yeah. Uh, do you refer to, when you want to refer to a cookbook, a paper cookbook like the ones on that shelf, or do you open your computer and take a look there? No? Nope, it's always a paper cookbook. The you vintage know, I, cookbook? Yuck, yuck. I appreciate, I appreciate when people want to give their life story on the internet, (laughs) but I think I speak for a lot of people 
when I say, I just want the recipe. I don't need to know why your sister's uncle's brother's daughter came up with this recipe. Right. Oh, and I'm, I agree. I, oh, that's so funny. And that's called skip to the recipe yes. right there at the top. Oh, this is mom's farmhouse website. Everything's from the farm. Awesome. I started my skip to the recipe right to the bottom of the page. There it is. I'm golden. Uh, I'm, I feel bad because everybody wants to be heard, but it's like, mm, I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's great. You've got a story and you have a million followers. So clearly the, uh, uh, I wish I could think of the one. I, I have a number of recipes that I save on. Uh, do you ever use Pinterest? Mm -mm. If I'm ever poking around, I, I, and I see a recipe that I really like, and I know I can't make it now because I don't have a pork tenderloin in my refrigerator today, but I want to make that someday. I save it to, uh, I have my own little Pinterest page. And then someday when I'm thinking, hey, somebody just gave me uh, a, an Amish chicken. And mm -hmm. so I'm going to learn how to spadgecock that chicken, darn it. And I got a video and I got all the ingredients that go with it because I saved the recipe on Pinterest. And I might look it up that way. And if it's a baking thing, ooh, I'm taking mm -hmm. my life in oh. my hands because I don't know how to bake very well. Nope. I have I a lot of respect it. for people who bake. Uh -uh. No. I do. I do, too. Well, that's you got to cook with your hands in your pockets when you bake. Quarter teaspoon. Mm -hmm. I have a hard time not measuring a quarter teaspoon in the palm of my hand, and I can get pretty good. Who was the Cajun chef who measured like that? Yeehaw Galdang. He wore he wore suspenders. He He's, uh, he's passed now, but... Uh, Oh, 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 I know who you're yeah. talking about. I can't think of his he name. He wore though. suspenders, you know, he wore bib yeah. overalls, super nice guy, and uh, and always measured with uh, with the palm of his hand. And he would measure, and then people would tease him about that. How do you know that that's a cup of whatever? And he'd every once in a while, he'd say, I got yelled at. I got yelled at. You know, y'all think I don't know how to measure. Well, watch this. Here's a cup of sugar. Here's a cup. Pour it all back in. Look at that. Uh, Hi-de-ho. It's right to the top, just like I said. So don't don't be busting my chops here. I know what I'm doing. I'm old, and I know what I'm doing. And if you want to measure it with a cup, that's fine because it's cooking. And like you said at the beginning of this conversation, how much do you like garlic? A lot? Then add a bunch. Not very much? Then leave it out and yep. call it yours. But if you make my recipe and you leave out ingredients – then don't come and tell me, yeah, I tried your chicken roulade. It wasn't very good. I didn't really like it. What did you leave out? Well, I don't like garlic, and I'm trying to cut calories, so I use skim milk instead of cream. All right, well, stop yeah. talking <laughs> because, of course, that's not the same. Uh, you got to yeah. make the big fat recipe. Eat less of it. Yes. Go for a walk after dinner. <laughs> All right, yeah. what's, what's, the, <laughs> what's the next recipe in your stack? Uh, okay, so this is one of my favorites. It's super simple, super easy, lots of veggies. So I really like, I wish I knew what it was called. I'm sure there's a, a name for it, but basically I take two pints of tomatoes, cherry tomatoes or grape tomatoes. I really like the multicolored tomatoes just because it makes for a more interesting dish, sure. but you can use whatever you have or find. Um, so I do two or three pints of those, just chop them the long way. Um, um, put them in a big bowl with salt, pepper, uh, half a cup of olive oil, um, a ton of garlic, because I love garlic, chiffonade of basil, so chop basil up really finely, um, mix that up, put it in a 13 by 9 glass baking dish. Over the top of that, put a, a thin layer of spinach, 
Um, I usually use like a quarter of a bag of spinach. I really like the bag spinach. Sure. Um, and then I do you put, cut the tails off. I just want to interject one quick question. When you're doing the spinach, you leave the tails on or you cut them off? No, I leave them on yeah. because when cooks it's the the moisture from the tomatoes is going to steam the spinach uh-huh. so it okay. creates sort of this i don't know okay. homogenous i always thing. wondered that i thought man i'm spending a lot of time on a bag of spinach cutting the tails off every single one make a big stack cut them all off i spend half an hour and i wondered do they do that at the restaurant i'm going to start paying attention the next time i'm eating a meal that has spinach in it most of the time yeah. they don't I mean, I don't find the tail or the stem of the spinach to be too fibrous or, you know what yeah. I mean? I don't find it to be hard to eat. So right. I just don't, again, right. work smarter, not harder. Sure. That um, works. And then a half a cup of breadcrumbs just over the top, let it cover the spinach. And then I do about a quarter of a cup of olive oil over the top of that. I really like to use grated Asiago cheese just to create a crust over the top, but you can leave that out. And then no, you my can't. magic. You live in Wisconsin, yeah. don't you? I mean, I know I we're know. on we're on the internet, but you live in Wisconsin. You can't leave the cheese out. Well, I don't know who I don't know who we've got some uh, vegans out there, but um, so do the toasted breadcrumbs and then um, olive oil over the top of that. The cheese, pop it in the oven for about thirty five minutes at three sixty five, which honestly I find is the magic number. Really? Um, if your if your oven burns hot, obviously less time or at a lower temperature. If it burns colder, obviously a higher temp or a longer time. Um, and then the the breadcrumbs toast and they um, some of them fall into the the tomato part of the mixture and it just creates this really beautiful oh yeah herbaceous side dish. I can almost oh, smell I, it. <laughs> I left out the lemon, so I zest a, a whole lemon and use half of the lemon of juice in the oh. tomatoes as well just for that extra pop and it's a really easy really simple side dish um and it's healthy and it's good for you and it's awesome for these hot days that we've been having yeah man well and quick so that you don't have to heat up your oven do you do much on the grill i don't just curious I no, don't. it's okay you don't have to and i want it here i'll give you a t- i got to take one more break here in a second i'll uh, share a fast kitchen story my uh, youngest sister uh, is not a cook. She owns a marketing company in Michigan. She doesn't cook. She doesn't like to cook. She does like to, she does like fire. So she does any food they eat on the grill. Otherwise, three of her clients were uh, five diamond restaurants. She would stop there and get dinner and bring it home. They lived it. She lives in a house now in Farmington Hills. She and her husband and her sons have lived there for five years before she realized the oven, it doesn't work. The oven is filled with storage stuff. It's loose from the wall. And when somebody said, uh, you know, we're having a party. Well, here, let me just heat this up in your oven and pulled the door open. And the oven started to come off from the wall because it's not attached. They lived there five years. She'd never even opened the door to her own oven. So not cooking. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? All right, a little business. Oh, I just got a quick tour of... Megan's refrigerator. <laughs> I don't know why you think it's weird. Why do you think, oh, I got so much weird stuff in my refrigerator? It's not weird to you. The fact that you have different items in your refrigerator than maybe somebody else does, that's awesome. I just told you about my sister. If you opened her refrigerator, she'd have a bottle of wine, maybe a semi moldy head of lettuce. 
and a bunch of leftover uh, containers of food that she bought at a restaurant and brought home because she doesn't do any cooking in her kitchen mm-hmm. at all. So it's not weird. It's only, it's not even weird. Somebody else is going to look in your kitchen and your refrigerator and say, oh, I love you. You're just like me. All this weird stuff. Good. Well, yeah. As long as I can make people happy. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. We got, can you do a, can you do a dessert in speaking of quick and dirty three minutes? Just because I, we've eaten all this chicken and pork and what can you do? What can you do quick and dirty? You know, I have to be honest. Desserts are not something that I oh. have. I know that's so my, you're so, all right. Let's go to my handy dandy. Um, I have a, uh, I have a vintage recipe box. Uh-huh. So let's, uh, let's check the recipe box. <laughs> yeah, I don't really... I'm not really one for uh, for dessert. So under D, there's just cobwebs and nothing. How about lemon pie? Lemon My pie. grandmother's lemon pie. Oh, well, that's vintage. Yeah. For sure. See? That's, that's her handwriting. Oh, that's so cool. Yep. That's that's awesome. Okay. All right. So so Grandma Larson's uh uh lemon pie. Okay. It's a half a cup of flour. A cup of sugar, two cups of water, juice and rind of one lemon. Sometimes I use two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a tablespoon of butter, two egg yolks, and then you want to use the whites for the top. So save those. Uh, a quarter of a teaspoon of salt. Mix sugar and flour and add to water. Cook until thick. Then add the lemon and eggs and cook until smooth. Cool and pour over into baked crust. Then add meringue and brown. To beat egg whites, add sugar and vanilla. That's awesome. That's all. Let that's, it cool. That's, eat. That's grandma. Yeah. That's it. Yep. All right. Here, I'll, I'll be, just because we have 45 seconds-ish, and then we got to go. My grandmother was a fabulous baker. In fact, made what we, the kids, just renamed Nanny's Brownies. And as adults later... We learned that the reason that the brownies were so good is that she will tell you, make your favorite brownie recipe, whatever it is, the, the brownie recipe that you love, whether it's homemade all from scratch or it's out of a box. If that's the one you love, make it. The key, she said, the key for me is when you take it out of the oven, you frost them right away, right away hot. Frost that brownie. And that turns that cake into fudge, the top layer, and it'll be ooey and gooey and fudgy and delicious. Hey, can we do this again some Thursday? Please.